0: Good morning to you, and uh, may I thank you not only Pastor Brad, but where's he gone? Has he? Uh, he said he didn't want to hear this sermon anyhow. He's on a honeymoon or something. But uh, no, I genuinely want to thank uh, not only Pastor Brad, but you as a church family. Pastor Brad for welcoming us into his church, and indeed into his family as well. And it's a a greater joy than I would have realized to be able to speak uh, at what is now my sister's church uh, and uh, to think that uh, she is a pastor's wife is a, uh, a beautiful, I'm uh, um, not sure what the word is, but a beautiful uh, um, climax to uh, her calling in her life. And uh, thank you to, for not only welcoming me, but also obviously uh, your welcome for um, my sister Alison. In acknowledging that, uh, that today is Father's Day, I can't go beyond recognizing that the Father of all fathers is our own Lord Jesus Christ and our Savior. And so, yes, today is Father's Day, but I was glad that David was able to play that song, for this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has made every day, and we are his children, and I want to just honor our Lord and our Father in heaven, as our Lord and Creator and Savior. And so may I wish each of us who are fathers here today a happy Father's Day, but to remember the Father of all fathers every day. Well, now is probably a good time for slide two because I read in uh, the sermon from a couple of, uh, was it last week, that uh, I think it was almost put that I'm speaking in tongues here today, a foreign language. Well, let me tell you, I'm speaking, I would say, English, uh, but uh, the Australians speak Australian and the Americans speak American, and I just hope that you can understand me. If not, I'll just have to change and speak in some foreign language like this, but I'd be happier if I could just speak my uh, my own way. But knowing that you're in the middle of this series, Ruin, Redemption, relationship at the moment, we, as a family, wanted to bring something of a practical or personal touch to the theology that you may have been hearing of late, and to extend to, our, and extend to ourselves and yourselves something of a challenge that relates not only to us in Spain, but also for you guys right here in Fuquay. First, if I may just tell you a little bit about ourselves. About 10 years ago, a friend of Catherine's, uh, who she had worked with in Spain in the 1980s, was asking us to uproot ourselves from Sydney, Australia, to come to help her run a Christian retreat centre in the mountains of Spain. Well, we were a young family, with children aged six, four, and two at the time, and somewhat in the middle of our careers and our parenting And we had beaches on our doorstep and why was the word that came most to mind followed closely by a resounding no thank you well God kept prompting this girl this friend of Catherine's to ask us so that after a number of negative replies to the will you come over to Spain for a year We prayed further and took the leap to come to Spain, or to go to Spain, for one year in 2007. Some of our friends thought that this was uh, rather game. Others thought it was just plain foolish. But we had the security, of course, the security, (laughs) the security of knowing we were only going for a year. And that our lives would return to normal thereafter that the Lord would in fact bring us back to our security and comfort of our home in Sydney with all of our friends, etc. Well, that was until about halfway through that first 12-month period when Dad, that's me, started talking about the work that could be done for the kingdom in that place. We, the adults of the family, were absolutely taken with the lack of relationship with God That is apparent that this apparent Catholic nation had and the opportunities that were there for us to serve in that place in that Christian retreat center uh, With people coming in and in the local community the facilities that were there were amazing And we just wanted to see them being used to their full Furthermore we'd been amazed at the speed with which we were welcomed into the village life and the relationships that had been established perhaps largely because we were english speakers and outgoing in our character but actually it was only because the lord went before us but what really got me was the fact that there were no evangelical churches within 80 kilometers oops let me translate 50 miles there were no evangelical churches within 50 miles of where we were living in the mountains but should we have returned to our home in Sydney, we would have been surrounded by three such evangelical churches within 80 metres. It doesn't sound quite the same, but 250 feet of where we were living. Three churches. Now, that's not usual. We were just happened to be in the, in the centre of these three churches. But the point being, it's not unlike here in the United States, where you drive down the road and you see a church on every corner. And yet, in in, uh, Spain, uh, there were, yeah, there there are Catholic churches in each of the villages. Um, And we'll we'll learn a little bit more about that shortly. But there had been plenty of challenges for our kids by this stage. And you may hear some of them shortly. So you might imagine that telling them of our change in plans to stay on in Spain for a further period of eight months initially came as almost an insurmountable hurdle for them in their early teen years. God, though, never let up. And if we've got that first video, I'd like just to take this moment to have you hear something from each of the family members. And with all thanks to John, who put this together very recently. ...niece. Uh, for a period of some seven weeks. And we've stayed in that house uh, until just the other day, um, which is another story, which harks back to one of my themes here. I spoke about securities earlier. And we had prayed and prayed uh, in the lead-up to this next 12 months that we've just started a week ago. And we had understood that we had the security of people coming in, OMS missionaries coming into our house for a period of about uh, at least three, maybe four or five months of our first six months away. And all uh, well, of, f- of the only six months that we are away from, Madri- uh, from Spain. And, and we felt such a relief that this housing situation was provided f- for us that we could sublet during that period of time. And we were rejoicing in that. And incredibly, we continue to be needing to learn to step away from these securities. Now I don't know what your securities are. They're gonna be different for each person here. But for me, at that moment, the security and for my family was to say that yeah, we're leaving for six months but we're coming back and we're coming back to this same house. Some of you might be able to relate to that very well but for us that was huge that we could come back to that house well the lord has shown us that we needed to trust more in god than the security of having that house to come back to and to cut a long story short we don't have that house at this moment to return to because that family couldn't commit to the date when they would be able to come and hence we weren't sure of when the money you know it's a long story But we are learning through that. I just use that, offer that as one example of many examples of where we are needing to learn to get out of the boat. To get out of the boat. I'm talking about the securities that we rely upon instead of me relying upon my all-faithful, ever-trustworthy God and Father. And so this is a challenge that I want to bring to myself as much as to you guys, to be able to step out, to be able to get out of the boat, to not look anywhere except for where the Lord is taking us. I spoke about the RMS missionaries that we met there. In, uh, in the villages north of Madrid just before we moved down there and their church planting. The very same week that we moved, the very same weekend that we moved into this Alcate house, Alcate is the name of the village, um, the very same weekend, a church plant started that was totally independent of our organization, of RMS. And the Spanish pastors that are heading that up are now some of our, well, they would be our best Spanish friends. And we are working alongside these guys, which is the whole aim of RMS International, to work with, spa- with the local pastors in planting churches. And that simply means, in layman's terms, just starting up house groups, doing the sort of thing that you're probably doing here. But in Spain, there, is, there are hardly any of these churches, let alone house churches or anything. And so we are working with the local pastor in these villages in the north of Madrid, to do precisely this. And it's very encouraging just seeing the work unfold and, and uh, the work that he has for us there. But let me tell you, there's been setback and disappointment along the way. I don't for a minute want you to think, oh, these guys have got it all together. Look at them. No, 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 we are just the same. You are the same as us. We are the same as you. And there are setbacks and disappointments that are going to come our way. And that's not because the Lord's trying to play funny games with us. But I see it at the moment for us. It may not be the same for you, but for me, it's to step away from the securities that I've invested my life in up till now. For every setback or disappointment, there's been opportunity for growth and learning. And yet we still need to learn this, to see the setbacks as exactly this, places to grow and places to learn to trust God more. Every step of the way, though, he has equipped us and provided all we need. You know, it just still blows my mind, though, why he, that is God, why so often God seems to do so, that is, provide for us, so late. I don't know if you can relate to that. It's it's like he hasn't heard of this proper preparation prevents, you probably know the rest of that line. And yet, I suppose you know the end uh, that that, uh, actually that God is preparing us more than he needs to prepare some situation that we want to fall into a perfect place. I can tell you we are a work in progress and that's just how the Lord likes it to be, I expect. For me, I've struggled most with learning a new language. Catherine had the language, although she would still like to say that she wants to learn a whole lot more. The children and I had zero language, zero Spanish. Well, the children, they've got it perfectly within a number of months. And I can certainly be understood, but I want to perfect it to the point that we can actually preach in Spanish churches uh, to a a greater level than what we're doing at the moment. And that's been a source of frustration for me. But as a man, can I tap into into the men on Father's Day I don't know, I imagine that American men are going to be pretty much the same as Australian men around the world, that we feel a need to provide for our families. That's a natural thing. I mean, it's often shared nowadays, but for me, it's, it's been paramount that I need to be the one having the income to be able to uh, have our kids get an education or to pay the rent or whatever it might be. And yet in this area of work, that self-sufficiency has been totally taken away. I cannot do that in the way that I was doing it at home in Australia. And so to be able to to just have to let that go is a huge, huge thing for me. And it's an area that I would value prayer in, that I can just let that go and allow God to come through as he does time and time again. But, you know, there are other examples that uh, Catherine and Sophie might be able to share. Um, But I think I'm going to read the scripture first, right? So could I take you now to trying to relate this? Here we have the gospel, ruin, redemption, and relationship. But I want to talk about from from the angle of taking the gospel of redemption to a ruined world, we have to get out of the boat. Now, this ruined world, It could be, as is uh, mentioned in a, a small Bible passage that I'll get to in a moment, it could just be the Pharisees trying to trick Jesus. It could be the ruined world of Spain. It could be the ruined world of Australia. It could be the ruined world, maybe even, of the United States of America. And so I want us to look at these couple of verses. Matthew 15, 7 to 9, has Jesus quoting Isaiah's prophetic words relating here to the Pharisees, in their attack on jesus about clean and unclean food which would be a natural link to some of the stuff that you were talking about in romans six through eight in recent weeks but the concept we want to focus on now sorry um let me just take you to those verses matthew 15 verses seven to nine jesus replies to these pharisees talking about the you know trying to trick jesus and Quoting, saying the disciples are doing the wrong thing. Jesus says to the Pharisees, You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people, these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Now, I want us to think whether we can see, take this as, yes, it's Jesus talking about the Pharisees. It's quote Jesus quoting Isaiah, prof- prophesying here in this case about the Pharisees. But this rings pretty loud and clear to me of some of the situations that we see in Spain. And as I said, it could well be applied perhaps universally around the world. It could even be applied to me and the words that I'm speaking or to you and the words that you will speak this afternoon. Your family are the ones that are going to know what you're really like. We just see the outward, the veneer. But God sees all of us. He sees inside. He knows beyond just our words. And my prayer for each and every one of us is that what comes out of our lips As this passage talks about further, what comes out of our lips is what is really in our hearts. It's what comes out that matters most. It's not, in this case, the food that goes in, whether the food is clean or unclean. But we show ourselves, we show the love of God by what comes out of our lips. But as I say, the concept we want to focus on today is this getting out of the boat. And so we read in Matthew 14, just the previous chapter, verses 22 to 33. And that's on, I think you'll have that there on the next slide. Matthew, and we might just stand for our scripture reading here now. And I'll read, as I say, from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 23 uh, to 33 goes like this immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd after he had dismissed them he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray when evening came he was there alone but the boat was already a considerable distance from land Buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it during the fourth watch of the night Jesus went out to them walking on the lake when the disciples saw him walking on the lake they were terrified it's a ghost they said and cried out in fear but Jesus immediately said to them take courage it is I. Don't be afraid. And then Peter replied from the boat, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Can you fathom that? Peter got out of the boat, walked on water toward Jesus. For me, that's mind-blowing. But when he saw the wind, (laughs) Peter's like you and me. Sorry, Peter's like me, maybe like you. When he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith. Yet he was the only one that got out of the boat. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, You are the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. And I'll have Catherine come now. Please take a seat. Is this, does she? uh. Okay, so there's your mic.
1: Peter saw the wave. He saw the wind. And he began to get afraid. And you know, when life's easy and we're sailing along and we know the Lord's there and the sky's blue, but once the storm starts to hit, it's a whole different story. And I don't know what sort of storms are in your life, but I can be pretty sure with a number of us in this room, there'll be a fair few storms. Because that is human reality, that there are storms. In fact, if there aren't storms, it's unusual probably because that is just the weave of our lives. And so when we step out in any situation saying, yes, Lord, I trust you, but then things get hard. I don't know about you, but sometimes whatever you try and do in your life, whatever is you're trying to fix and organize, something will come out from left field and hit you. I can see some smiles. I know I'm not the only one who's experienced this. And sometimes I think, Lord, I don't need this. I really don't need this right now. Because it's just like it hits you. And sometimes, and maybe this is your experience too, It seems like a wave's hit you and you're down and you're struggling and you think, okay, Lord, I'll trust you. And you're trying to keep your eyes on the Lord and you're only just getting up and you're only just, and the next one hits you. And then you're only just, and the next one hits you. And that, that might not be your reality, but I know it is reality for some people that it can just be one after another, wham, bam, bam. And you think, Lord, I cannot do this. And I have been in some places in Spain where I think, Lord, I just can't do this. When we're there in Spain in the Spanish language, we've had lots of things go wrong. I could say almost in the last year and a half, nearly every week, something would go wrong. Things that were just out of my control that went wrong. And I'd be thinking, Lord... I'm a wife, I'm a mother, you know, I don't know about the wives and mothers here, but sometimes that can be a storm in itself before you've done anything else. You can just feel like life's a storm. Well, by the time you've done the school and the food and the laundry, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're in Spain or America or wherever you are, life is the same in terms of the routines. But you throw in the things that can go wrong, and then you just think, I can't do this, And then for us, you know, the call of, well, we're in Spain, we're here as missionaries, and we believe we're called. And it's like, God, I'm crawling. I'm not, I'm hardly keeping up with just living, let alone being God's person in Spain. And then having to say, well, Lord, what's going on here? Because I have really got weary. And I've got to the point where I say, Lord, this storm, it just keeps, something keeps hitting me and hitting me. And I can't do it. What is the call in our lives in the storm? The Lord reaches out. And I love the way it says, and Jesus caught him. The Lord is there for us in the storm. Even when because of the waves are so high, we can hardly see him and we can only get a glimpse. The Lord is with us in the storm. And he wants to take us through. One of my encouragements would be to any of you who is experiencing a storm in your life, I would encourage you to pray with people. Allow people to pray with you. I don't know about you, but when I am really at my lowest, actually, that is the time I find it really hard to tell somebody I need prayer. If I'm not doing too badly and just needing a bit of prayer, I can easily say, oh, could you please pray for me? But when it is really bad, I just don't find what it takes to ask somebody for prayer. And if you find yourself in a place where you just think, gosh, I feel so bad. Gosh, this is just overwhelming. This is not, I am not doing well in this area of my life, a relationship, my work, my kids, whatever it is. If there's something going on and you feel like, "I, I just can't even ask for prayer... Let me tell you that is the time when you pray, need prayer the most. And if you can remember nothing, if you can remember that is when you need the prayer of your brothers and sisters in Christ the most. and we have seen the power of prayer in our lives in Spain, because we have literally been walking on water and we have had nothing at times secure to hold on to. Nothing but a prayer. But we can tell you honestly that we have seen that the Lord is there for us. And he is there for you. The Lord is with all of us. He is a prayer away. He is right there. Peter calls out, save me. And sometimes that's all it takes. We don't need high, fluting, wordy prayers. We just need to say, Lord, I can't do this. And if we can ask another person to stand alongside us, the power of prayer, it breaks the hold of that situation on our lives. Because unless we're praying, it's so easy to just look at the storm. We look at this wave. We look at that wave. We look at the financial. We look at the the schooling. We look at the kids. We look at some drama in our lives. Whatever it might be for you, they're just rising up. And we can have our attention just taken on them. I have found sometimes that the things that consume me and distress me are so overwhelming. I think, Lord, I want to have faith. I want to walk with you. I want to keep my eyes. But it's like, I'm so physically affected. Sometimes I'm so distressed internally thinking about things that with the best will in the world, I think I can't, I can't just have faith. It's because my whole inside is screaming, God, this is too hard. When we sit alongside somebody else and we have them pray with us, and as we say, Lord, help me, and that other person joins us in prayer, there is something that breaks the hold of that situation over your life so that no longer that situation is the thing that's taking your attention and the Lord can somehow get through and minister to you. We need each other. We need each other in the storms. It is too late to have a crisis in our lives and then down the track think, oh, I wish wish I'd asked somebody to pray. The power of prayer cannot be underestimated. And in a church fellowship, to get alongside one another, it doesn't mean that you tell everybody your personal business, but I would encourage you to find one or two trusted people that you can tell your personal business to because we need to pray for each other. Because Satan does not want us to be living in victory. He does not want us to be living lives that shine for God. He wants us so crushed, dismantled, and broken that we are just not making an impact on the world. But together with prayer, we can make a difference. When I think of getting out of the boat and the storm, and I think of some of my situations in Spain, I would think, Lord, this is all too hard. I don't know how how I can be a light for you in this place. And I'm worried and I'm distressed and I'm sorting this and I'm sorting that. And then doing it all in Spanish and feeling like, oh, this is just too hard. But the Lord has been showing me little by little that it is really who we are in the midst of the storm. And that is so hard. But the Lord is a loving and gentle teacher. And for me now, it's trying to say, you are Lord in the midst of the storm. You know, at the end of the passage when Peter says, when he gets in the boat and he says, truly, you are the Son of God. I believe the call in our lives is that we can be people who in the midst of the storm learn how to say, truly, you are the Son of God. And that doesn't come easily, and I am still working on it. And I know, you know, you look at Peter, and he had seen Jesus heal. He had seen amazing things happen. But then when he was in that storm, it was a different story. And you know, you and I will have seen the Lord work many times in our lives. But in this new circumstance, it seems like a different story. However, the Lord can bring you through. So if you have a situation where you're feeling, yes, but this time, This one is just too big. This one is not too big for the Lord. And I would encourage you to pray with other people, keep your eyes on the Lord, and to be able to just focus on him. Take time with him each day and trust that he will bring you through the storm. And some of them last a long time. But the Lord is faithful, and that is one thing. We are not the greatest whatevers in the world, but we know that the Lord is faithful because it's not about us; it is about Him and who He is. Sophie, my daughter's just going to. No, change of plans. My daughter Sophie's not going to pop up. It's my husband.
0: <laughs> Thanks for that confirmation, darling. Our purpose today has has been to bring a practical mission example to some theology of the gospel as it relates to an individual or a nation being in ruin and needing redemption and relationship with Christ. We recognize, though, that getting out of the boat might not mean we will all go to Spain. In fact, it is not going to mean that. It is not going to mean that we are all going to go to the mission field overseas anywhere. Some might. But you know, there's a mission field right where you are. And that is my prayer for you guys. And that you might right now, in your seats, contemplate, what is it that the Lord is calling you to get out of the boat for? The boat we can think of as just our securities, the place, the safe place we're in. And we want to play a song for you right now that might cause you to just want to spend time with God in your seats or cause you to want to come down the front to pray with one of us or one of the elders. In these next few minutes, If you feel prompted to let go and let God or to step out of the boat, whatever your boat is, and to come to the Lord, then just we ask that you would let him minister to you. If any of you guys want to remain in contact with us, we would ask you perhaps just to, uh, at the back of the church, there's a leaflet like this. And here there's a spot where you can just put your email address so that we can give you a newsletter. If you don't want that, there's no problem, fine. But that is a way for you to stay in touch if you would wish to. And just take, take this as a reminder of, uh, of the work in Spain and that you might be able to pray for it. But right now, we want to have this song and we challenge you to just right where you are or come to the front and seek the Lord in whatever it is that he may have spoken to you personally about here
1: today.